0: To start off this morning by sharing a story with you about a little girl, an older child, but still a child, who absolutely loved to go to church. And if you haven't noticed by our dismissal of our Adventurer program, we have many of young children who absolutely love to go to church. Well, she had gotten a promotion as the new Sunday school teacher's assistant, and part of that. Promotion involved that she had to come to church early and help the teacher set up. Well, this one particular Sunday, she was very late, and she was upset. She was trying to hurry, go as fast as she could. And as she was flying out the door and running on her way to church, she started to pray to God. She apologized for running late, and she told him how much this meant to her, and she did what we've all done. She promised, if I just this one time, Lord, just one time, if you get me to church on time, I promise I'll never, ever be late again. Well, by this time, she had seen the church off in the distance, and she thought, oh, if I could just go just a little bit faster, I can make it. But her legs just wouldn't go. And then all of a sudden, she tripped, and she went headfirst, tumbling down a large hill full of grass and dirt and gravel, and she ended up at the bottom of the parking lot of the church. But when she got up, she was a mess. Her knees were skinned, she was bleeding, grass, hair, all that. So she tried her best not to cry. She tried her best to straighten up and look good before she went into church. But before she went in, she stopped, and she looked up to the heavens, and she said, thank you, God, for helping me get to church on time today. But did you really need to push me? I love this story it's a super sweet story but we can learn a lot from this little girl in her faith she shows us a few things about asking and seeking of our heavenly father there's a lot of reasons why jesus tells us that we should have childlike faith and we see in her childlike faith that she wholeheartedly believed that god would answer her prayer And because of her relationship with him, she was used to looking for him in all things all around her. So what if we looked at God with that same childlike faith? What if we looked at God for all things around us? How much more would we see of him in our everyday lives? Today, as we continue our series, The Summer on the Mount, which is almost coming to an end, We're going to take a look at Jesus' teaching about prayer and what it looks like his invitations to ask, seek, and knock are. Our scripture reading from today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who receives... Or everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Throughout the New Testament, we are encouraged to pray to God. We're encouraged to bring all of our needs before him, to be totally dependent on him in his goodness. James reminds us in James chapter 4 that we have not because we ask not. Jesus himself repeatedly invites us to pray. He stresses the importance of prayer in our lives, and he modeled it for us through his entire earthly ministry. So let's take a look back at verse 7 from our scripture reading. We see that there's three invitations in asking, seeking, and knocking. And Jesus tells us that if we do these things, they will result in promises. Yeah, in typical Jesus fashion, you know there's a deeper layer to these invitations. So when we look at the words ask, seek and knock, and we see how they're used in the verses and how Jesus is speaking them, we discover that they're actually not invitations at all. They're imperative verbs, meaning they're giving us a command. Jesus is not suggesting or even requesting that we ask, seek, or knock. He's telling us to do it. And he's telling us that when we do these things, that then we will receive the promise that follows. The invitation is actually tied in the process of doing these things and into the fulfillment of the promises. So we have to ask ourselves, okay, when we ask, we're promised that God will answer us. But where's the invitation in us asking and receiving the answer? We're told when we seek, we're promised that we will find, but what is God inviting us to find? And we're told when we knock, the door will be open, but what is God inviting us to with an open door? So let's take a look at these three. The first command or invitation is to ask and we will receive. Well, asking requires a bit of childlike faith, much like this little girl. When we ask of God, we're demonstrating our confidence in him. We show that we believe that God will respond. We're counting on his love and his desire to provide for us, But not only are we counting on his answer, we're also counting on his answer to be good. Much like if we had asked something of our earthly parents. If we ask them for bread, we don't expect them to give us a stone. If we ask them for fish, we don't expect to receive a snake. Now I look at my own kids, and my kids are great at constantly asking me for everything all day long. And I would venture to say that at this point of their lives in our relationships that they pretty much know what types of requests I'm going to say yes to, even though they always still try. But why? Because they know me. Because they spend time with me. Because they have a relationship with me. They know my personality. They generally know what's allowed and what's not allowed. So as they spend time with me and as our relationship grows, then they become more confident in knowing that when they ask something of me, they can expect that they're going to get an answer. And they can expect that that answer is going to be good. Because moms and dads, we all see beyond that one request. We can see a little bit farther in knowing that maybe that request isn't the best thing. But they can rest in knowing it's going to be good. And they also have faith and confidence in our relationship that it's because of the relationship they have with me that they are in a position to ask things of me. Well, it's very similar to our Heavenly Father. If we cultivate that relationship with him, if we spend time with him, we will know him. We will know how he feels about things. The more we read the Bible, we're going to see his personality. We're going to understand his general will for things. And the more that our faith grows in him, the more confident we can become becoming before him and asking of him and knowing that there will be an answer. But here's the caveat. We can ask in respect to be answered, but we have to be ready for that answer because it may not be the answer that we want, or it may not be given to us in the way that we want it. We don't know all the moving parts that are involved in the things that we ask of the Lord. And we don't know how he's working this all together for our good. That's where his thoughts and his ways are higher than our thoughts and ways come into play. Because we just look at our situation and we see how it affects us right now and maybe a little bit in the future. We see how it affects our general small circle around us. But God looks at our situation and how it fits into the entire plan of the much bigger picture of the world. He's looking at how our situation actually affects so many of other events and people in time. And we just don't have that ability to see that. So sometimes it looks like God isn't answering our prayers, when in fact he's working out so many different things in so many different ways and areas to give us our answer, which it will inevitably always be good. Jesus' second command or invitation is to seek, and the promises we'll find. Well, to seek is, in terms of God, and seeking God, is not a one-time event. It's a continual action. And again, in that continual action, we're demonstrating that we're confident that as we seek God, He's going to answer us, and as we seek Him, we're going to see Him. Seeking requires that we actively look. This isn't a passive action. We have to action, actively look, and especially when His answer is not immediate, So that may mean we may have to slow down to see where God's working. That may actually even mean we have to stop. And like Kathleen encouraged us, we may actually just have to be still to actively seek where God's working. Unfortunately, he doesn't usually jump out and start waving his hands and like, here I am, here I am. Although I really wish sometimes he would do that, but I've never witnessed that. It's like if you're alone in a room and somebody else enters the room, whether it's your spouse, your kids, the dog, the cat, whoever it may be, you're aware that somebody has entered that room. But if you aren't paying attention to what they're doing, you don't really know what they're doing in the room, yet you know that they're in the room. Well, we can fall into that same way with God. We know that God is always there doing something, but if we aren't paying attention to him, we don't really know what he's up to. So it's kind of like God's over here doing his thing, and we're over here doing our thing, and we don't understand. There's a disconnect. We have no idea what's really going on, and we're wondering, God, where are you? And God is saying, I'm right here. I don't keep a secret from you of the things that I'm doing. But he wants us to seek him. He wants us to engage with him. He wants us to have a relationship. He wants us to know and be involved in the things that he's doing in your life. Seeking is so important in our relationship with God, and we can easily get distracted with everyday life not to be aware of what's going on. But when we seek him, we're making that effort to draw closer to him, to discover where he is at work and in all the ways that he's constantly around us throughout the day. But it takes effort on our part. It takes time. And the more we spend time seeking him, the more it becomes a natural thing for us to stop and look for him all around us. And as we do that and we start to see him more and more, we actually change. And those little everyday occurrences that we take for granted now aren't so ordinary. They become big things when we see God in the midst of them all. For instance, take the birds. This is a good season where every single day we can go outside and we hear birds doing these beautiful melodies, chirping. Some of us get really annoyed because 4.35 o'clock, they're even waking us up, but we pretty much can count on waking up and hearing the birds. But that looks ordinary, we expect that. But if we're seeking God, now we're gonna start to look at them very differently. We're gonna start to look at those birds as God's creation and that God designed them to make beautiful melodies. And so then we look at them differently and we think the next time we hear that, well, that's not so ordinary. That's God's creation. God created them to sing beautiful melodies to him. And we get to witness that. We witness them singing beautiful praises to their creator. And we can witness how God delights and enjoys them. So now our ears start to hear them a bit differently instead of hearing those annoyances or just background noise, they become beautiful praises. And we stop and we delight in them. And then we appreciate God and his creation more. And now this everyday occurrence that has become so regular now becomes a beautiful gift and a reminder that God is all around us in every detail of our lives, even if it happens to be 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning if you're getting woken up. But God is there. Jesus' third command and invitation is to knock. And he tells us that if we knock, the door will be open. So there's an interesting thing about this knocking. Because Jesus is telling us here, you can be persistent in prayer. And in your persistence, that door will open. We have the ability to go directly to God the Father we can knock on his door and we can expect that it will be opened because we can have that type of relationship with God. He actually desires to have such an intimate relationship with us. He desires that we would come directly to him, that we would ask of whatever we need, that we would diligently seek him in all things, and that we would actually be wrapped up in what he is doing and in his presence all around us. But this would have been a new concept for the Jews hearing this teaching, because the Jews were used to having priests as their mediators between them and God. The priests were very much involved in the people's relationship with God and really their everyday lives. They played such a vital role in their faith and in their cultural and in their traditions they, they played roles from teaching and, and preaching, to making atonement for the people, to um, their sickness and, and healing, to prayers and even to their their laws. The people believed that the priests were the ones that God chose to step into a gap between a holy, sinless God and imperfect people. And yes, the priests were sinful, imperfect people too. And eventually Jesus would come and he would bridge the gap as the perfect, sinless holy high priest and give us access to God after his death and resurrection. But at the time of that teaching, the people didn't understand what was to come, and the idea of having direct access to God would have been mind-blowing to them. There were only a few giants in their faith and the priests and the prophets that had that opportunity, so it would have been very difficult for the people to see themselves as having that kind of opportunity, like Moses and Abraham and David did. Sometimes our prayers don't get answered right away. Well, the reality is most of the time they don't get answered right away. But Jesus is inviting us that to, instead of allowing disappointment to seep in, that we can turn to persistence. When you knock on a closed door, you're obviously knocking because the door is not open for you. But that doesn't mean that it won't open. It just means that you have to knock more, and maybe you might even have to wait for it to be open. Most of us, if we went to someone's house and we knocked on the door, we rang the doorbell, and they didn't answer the first time, we wouldn't walk away, we would try again. Well, prayer is very much like that. You don't give up if your prayer isn't answered right away. You keep knocking and you keep believing that God will answer you and open the door. You keep believing that because you hear his word that tells you that. You know that the Savior told us it would happen. And because you've seen God open those doors for you in your past. He's not our genie that we rub and he goes, poof, here I am. I'm going to answer your prayer right this second. He doesn't work like that. God's a relational God. God's a tender and good father who has plans far above anything that we can imagine or understand. He desires to give us his good, and he will only give us his best. But sometimes we have to wait for his best. But in the waiting, we don't give up. We keep on asking, we keep on seeking, we keep on knocking. God never gives up on you. Don't give up on him. Even if it takes years or decades, don't give up. I know some of you are still holding prayers for years and years and years close to your heart, but don't give up because God sees you. God hears them, and God is holding them all in his hands. Don't let what your eyes see or don't see deceive you. Choose to put on your childlike lenses and seek God in everything because he is there. I shared that sweet story of the little girl at the beginning of the message, well, because I really like it, and I think it's adorable. But I also shared it because I wanted us to look at faith in a childlike, simple way. Because sometimes life does throw us curveballs. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's not what we expect, and sometimes it's very complicated. But our faith and our relationship with God is not complicated. We make it complicated, but it's not complicated. And so that little girl shows us that when we're so connected to God, that we can see him all around us working on our behalf. And that story, by the way, is a true story. And while we know that God didn't push her, (laughs) it's really sweet to see what a relationship was like through that, because she had no doubt that God was gonna answer her prayer. In fact, it was so natural for her, and she was so confident in who God was and in his goodness and in their relationship that it was natural for her to look for God in everything, even in her fall down the hill, even in her skinned up, bloody, dirty mess. She was so close to God that she could actually stop and look up and thank him despite her fall, despite the mess that she was in, because she saw God was good. She saw God's answer was good. Even though it wasn't the way she wanted, she was confident that God would help her and hear her, and he did. He answered her, and he showed her He cares about all the aspects of our lives. For her, it was even being late for Sunday school. For some of us, it might be late for Sunday morning service, but God cares about all of those aspects. So what if we looked at our own lives like that little girl did? It's really so simple when we look at it through child's eyes. No wonder why Jesus tells us that the kingdom belongs to the children well, that kingdom belongs to us too. And as we grow in our relationship with the Father, asking, seeking, and knocking, those can all become daily rhythms for us. It will become natural for us to ask of our Heavenly Father for our needs and our wants, because God likes to provide. He even likes to provide for some of our wants too, just because he's good and he loves us. It'll become natural for us to start actively looking for God in everything all around us. And when we see him, it's going to bring us joy. It will bring us joy to see God in so many different ways wherever we are. Jesus promises that if we ask, we will receive an answer. If we seek, we will find what we're looking for. And if we knock, the door will be open. And all of those promises are good because our Heavenly Father only gives us good things. All of those promises are available directly to you because of Jesus. But here's the thing. You've got to take the first step. You've got to step out in faith. You may even need to put on those childlike lenses to uncomplicate the things that you may have made complicated. You even have to step out of your comfort zone and not be afraid to take a tumble, even if it means you're going to get dirty and cut up and bruised a bit. These things are not suggestions Jesus is commanding it of us because he desires for those promises to be fulfilled in our lives. He's giving us the invitation to come closer, to let God meet you in your needs, to let God meet you in your wants, and to even let God meet you in your dreams. Even those dreams that you have never uttered out of your mouth. That's where God desires to be. Right there in the midst with you. That's what God wants to do for you. And we can rest and trust in knowing that his paths, they're always going to lead to good places. Even if the road there is a little bit rocky, a little bumpy, a little hard to get there. So Jesus gave you the invitation. The question is, will you accept it? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord. We thank you that you love us so much and your desire is for us to have such a deep, intimate relationship with you, that you desire that we come before you and ask of you, that we seek And we knock for you, Lord, and you're faithful to answer us. You're faithful for us to find you in the midst of everything, in our chaos, in our joy, in our peace, in our sadness. Lord, you're there. And you open the door. You want us to walk through that door to find you, Lord. So help us today, Father. Help us to lay those things before you, all those things that complicate asking and seeking and knocking. We lay them down at your feet, Lord, and we ask that you come and you meet us in those places, Lord, that you give us the courage to just step out, to take one step towards you, Lord, and then another, and then another. Give us that peace and rest to know that as we step out, you're stepping in. Help us, Lord, to delight in the things that you're in all around us, to notice where you are, to be filled with your joy, and to see you in ways we've never seen you before. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful, and we can rest in your faithfulness and your goodness. Amen.